Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Batman podcast with your hosts, Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 25, I Am the Knight and Off Balance. Hello, chum. I mean, hi, chums. We're back for another episode. Yeah, this is what happens when you encounter even a moment of David Warner. Uh Uh-huh. That voice. He's so fun to do. Oh, my God. I love him so much. (laughs) We're not even talking about that episode yet. It's the second episode, and it's the last moments of the second episode. Uh And he could so easily... much happens before he shows up. No, and he could easily dominate this hour. Mm-hmm. There's just because he's one of my all-time like. If there was a Hall of Fame of like, you know, nerd genre guys that I love, he he would be in it. He oh would yeah, be like the first inductee. He's just he touches so many things. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole conversation that maybe should we should wait to have until he actually shows up and does something. Yeah, maybe. as opposed to plotting at the end like he's Doctor Claw. <laughs> I'll get you next time, gadget. D- detective. Yeah, plus we, we have Batman's most important villain to date also in this episode. Oh, first yeah. Episode. I can't believe so. we haven't ta- even touched upon him yet. Yeah, we're at the, almost at the halfway point of the entire series and we haven't touched the Jazz Man yet. The most important foe that Batman has ever battled in his entire life, Jimmy mm-hmm. the Jazz Man Peak. I'm surprised you remembered his name. I am just look it up. S- so I'm so enraptured by the jazz man. The jazz that, man. And and so disappointed that he's not bleeding gums Murphy. <laughs> You're wrong. He was never popular. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lisa. I have to go. I have to go fight Batman. <laughs> I have to return to my home planet now. <laughs> jazz man died on the way home. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> When I recorded that Simpsons episode uh, to, to VHS back in the day, like before you could, you know, get them on DVD or whatever, mm. I didn't know the title of the episode, so I just called it Die, uh, Die Bleeding Gums Die, and I was so <laughs> disappointed that that wasn't the actual title of the That's episode. That's a better title, I'm not going to lie. It was it was called like Round Springfield or something. Uh-huh. Like, I'm sure that's a classy reference to something, mm-hmm, but I, sure. I like Die Bleeding Gums Die much better. <laughs> we should do but, that for every episode of The Simpsons. Just every time someone dies? Yeah. Die, not that die. Mm-hmm. Did they kill Edna Knickerbopple? They must have. They did. Because, you know, uh, Marsha Wallace died. They did. They didn't show it or anything. They're just like, the next episode, they were like, I can't believe Miss Krabappel died. Yeah, I mean, that would have been that would have been really classless to, mm-hmm. to, like, actually kill her when she's dead for real. On the other hand, uh, uh, Lunch Lady Doris died, and they retired her for, like, three years and then brought her back with Tress McNeil. Not uh, great. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, we're I can't believe we have so much to talk about. We have the jazz man to talk about. Oh, why yeah. are we talking about the Simpsons? So why don't you get us started and tell us what happens in I Am the Night? Well, so it's apparently been about a year since appointment in Crime Alley because Batman is sad about his parents being dead. Dead parents. Penguin ended off up getting off on his dragon riding related kidnapping scheme. What's even the point of anything? Hey, listen, <laughs> I get it, man. It's tough out there. But consider this. You're goddamn Batman. Get your shit together. The sad Batman heads over to a big bust that he's been working on with Commissioner Gordon to arrest Jimmy the Jazzman Peak, so named for being arrested for the crimes that he didn't commit. <laughs> the bust goes fine and Jazzman is arrested, but Gordon is shot through the heart and Batman's to blame. This doesn't exactly help Batman's bad mood, so he goes home and mopes around in his cave for a few days, periodically emerging to throw a computer into a, into a crevasse. Meanwhile, Jazzman instantly escapes from Stonegate Prison by tunneling through with his own saxophone. Robin swings by the cave to see if he can get Batman out of his funk, and then goes off to find Jazzman on his own. No, Robin, Batman says, coming to his senses. You're too stupid to stop the Jazzman. What if he uses his jazz on you? (laughs) Batman finds Jazzman at the hospital, trying to shoot Jim with a trombone, and arrives just in time to save the day. Later, Seth Green tells Batman that he guesses that one man can make a difference after all. Excelsior. I have to ask... If the sentence Robin swings by the cave mm-hmm. to see if he can get Batman out of his funk was that was were those music puns intentional? No. Okay. I'll take them. Yeah. All right. If anyone asks, this you can say I'm actually very good at this. Swings by funk. <laughs> 
could be. Come on, that, Robin, we're the, swinging into high. That's the jazz man's thing. That's actually my bad thing. Mm-hmm. He's, oh, so he's just like he's just a mobster. He's a mobster. He keeps his gun in a uh, violin, violin case, case, which yeah. no one has ever thought of. No, of course not. Violin, no, the jazziest of the instruments. I don't know. I see. I don't mind this. Like, I don't mind that. And mm-hmm. again, I, I like that there's more mobsters than just like um, uh, Rupert Thorne mm-hmm. or um, that other guy. Who's uh, the other guy? You know who I'm talking about. Miscellaneous. Yeah, Mumbly Joe. <laughs> no, there's a, there's a, 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 fuck. Daggett. Oh, yeah, Daggett. Yeah, I guess he's not a mobster. I guess he's just a rich guy. Mm-hmm. The mobster you know, like, rich people. But if if you're going to do Batman not against an actual supervillain from time to time, like, it's good that there's other guys. And you mentioned he looks a bit like a Dick Tracy guy. He does. He has a weird, like, his face is weirdly, like, detailed. Mm-hmm. And that might just be the episode. Like, we'll get to this in a minute, but this episode looks bad. I, I don't know that I entirely agree, but we'll talk about that. Uh, I, whenever this happens, though, I feel like it's a specific caricature of a person. Mm. Like, they might be trying to make him look like someone. Sure. But I, I wasn't sure. There's a bit of Jack Palance there, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't know. But anyway, the the concept of the jazz man being a guy who makes dumb music puns was terrible, and yeah. I hated it. Well, and like, like I'm gonna play taps for you. Yeah. Okay. Like not they're not good. they're not clever or anything. It's just like I no. got I got a list of music puns, and I just make them all the time. Mm-hmm. And I only have about ten of them. Mm-hmm. So if you're around me for a while. Ugh. Everyone get real tiresome. Everyone around him is just like, God, I'm so sick of Jimmy. Mm-hmm. You call me jazz man when we're working. Uh, It'd be real shame if I had to play the piano on your spine or something. <laughs> Remember that one guy who mocked me by doing jazz hands? <laughs> He's uh, six feet. Oh, He's crap. whistling uh, the funeral march from six feet go. under Gotham mm-hmm. la- Lake. <laughs> I'm a scary criminal. The thing is, apart from that, he's he's kind of like, okay, like as a mobster, mm-hmm. I don't find him unthreatening, but that kind of undercuts all of that. I mean, he certainly shot Commissioner Gordon, so. <laughs> he sure did. Like, with a gun. There's, there's a lot of that in both of these episodes. Mm-hmm. A lot of just like full-on, straight-up violence that I'm amazed they got away with. It is so weird seeing this, because like... This is like a couple of years before I would watch the the animated Spider-Man show with my brother. And mm-hmm. that show was so afraid of showing any kind of gun, regular cops had laser guns. Yeah, that was, I mean, like, we've talked before that we're a little apart age-wise. Mm-hmm. So, like, the stuff I grew up with in the 80s did that as well. And I know it happened. I'm, I'm sure it's still happening now. Oh, yeah. But this show, famously, like Bruce Tim and the other guys uh, behind the scenes, like fought constantly oh, yeah. to get this stuff through, and and they did that wonderful trick of asking for fifty things so they they would eventually get ten of them. Yeah. So some you know some things got through, and it's it's interesting when they're watching the uh, newscast mm-hmm. when it's Summer Gleason, the only newscaster in, in Gotham, of course, um, talks about what happened to Gordon. It's this weird passive voice language. She's like, Commissioner Gordon was injured today. Mm -hmm. The bullets they found matched, like, so some bullets happened. Yes. And Commissioner Gordon was injured, but nobody said he was shot. And, like, it's, that must have been the line. Mm -hmm. And Like, that standards and practices said. Well, we also, like, like, what... When it's happening, like, Jazzman's driving around in, like, his semi. So, like, it could also mm-hmm. easily be that he was just hit by a car or something. Like, they keep it so vague just to, just to get away with it. It's really surprisingly but, well done. But it's vague if you're really, like, paying attention to every detail. If mm-hmm. you're watching, if you're just sort of watching it, you know exactly what yeah, happened. Yeah, you got if you're shot. A kid, if you're a kid, he pulled out a Tommy gun, mm-hmm. and you heard the rat-a-tat-a-tat sound, and now Jim Gordon's lying on the ground. Mm-hmm. You know what happened. Yep. Bleeding Every child no who knows what a gun is yeah. knows what happened. Yeah, bleeding, bleeding guts, Gordon. That's what they call it. <laughs> no, it was it was brutal, and and but again, done in a way where they could get away with it. So, mm. um, but that was your your kids love Batman moment, I assume. Yeah, kids love Just, that. 
I I mean, I don't know. With a I gun. <laughs> I would have. Mm-hmm. It's not like it glorifies it. No. It's it's not like the message of the episode is shoot a gun, it's cool. Listen, I certainly didn't come out of this going, man, I love guns now. Yeah. No. It's so great it's... to own a gun and fire it sometimes. What a like great pe- thing for me to do. When when people do manage to get shot on this show, it's always, you know, portrayed as not the hero cop shooting the criminal, mm-hmm. but always, like, someone being shot and is almost dead. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's not like you don't see the consequences of it. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, it was it was very cool. There's a lot. There's a lot about this episode that I do not care for, though. Oh, yeah. Most of this episode is not great. Like... Some of like some of the stuff with Jim is very good, but like most of it is just most of it's just sad Batman moping around, and I hate sad Batman moping around. Well, you have I guess, I guess there's some baggage with this. I guess it happened in the comics a lot. Uh, yeah, there was a time when like like all but like right when I was reading a lot of comics, when Batman mm-hmm. was sad and grumpy all the time, and I find it so boring. Like, see, I I think it's a part of his character. I mean, like, look, you but, can do that, but you can't do it for years at a time. No, it of really not. starts to wear on the character. No, and and it's interesting because my good thing is actually this, but it's more the concept of this. It's more like this could have been done better, but you're onto something. Because mm-hmm. I've talked about this a lot because I'm much more familiar with the Batman we see in Justice League and Batman Beyond. Sure. And where he becomes more bitter, he starts pushing people away, he he doesn't smile, he doesn't make jokes, he's he's got no one in his life. And it's I thought this could be an interesting evolutionary step toward that. But I don't know that they pulled it off. It's just suddenly he's sad? Yeah. I mean, I get it. You know, you're, the day of your parents' death rolls around and you're just like, all right, well. No, I get that, of course. That's That's what drives the character. We all mm. get that. But, I, I mean, maybe not someone who hasn't seen the origin story. They probably better just make a whole other movie about it. Oh, I hope so. I'd love to see uh, those parents get killed again. Mm-hmm. Again and again and again. And over and over and over again. It's like the uh, it's like the Harry Mudd episode of Discovery, where <laughs> it just like keeps time looping and murdering the Waynes. <laughs> um, if I weren't killing Martha Wayne, I'd be sipping Gippers on a beach right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um... I got these pearls out of a space whale. <laughs> Where you get pearls. Yeah, of course. I mean, space pearls. Yeah. You don't know. Um, But it, it, the the aspect of him thinking he doesn't make a difference of, of, like, throwing a temper tantrum, throwing his entire chemistry set and a computer down the, down the well. He sure does. Like, <laughs> like he's, like... I honestly, in my head, mm. this is what he was like from, how old was he when, when his parents were killed? Like seven? Yeah, seven. I feel like he was like this from about age seven to like 15 or mm-hmm. so. Like, this was his initial reaction, and then he got his shit together and like, okay, I need to train, I need to fix yeah. this. But School-aged so, Bruce. Yeah. But when, when no one Alfred's, wanted to hang out with him. When Alfred's like, I've never seen him like this. R- really? I'm pretty sure you've seen him like this. I'm pretty sure this has been under the surface of the very together, very trained, very disciplined man. But, like, before he got there, this was what he was. Mm-hmm. It's just, he he doesn't show up for one police stakeout. Yeah. And this is, I, uh, I, I'm, I, under- I'm sure this I understand what they were lot. trying to do. Yeah. I, mm, I don't know that it does. That's the thing. Because he's so disciplined now. Because he usually has his shit together. Uh-huh. It feels like what should drive him to this should be something so much bigger than not helping to get the jazz man. I mean, I like how Gordon getting shot weighs on him, you know? Yes. Like, that's his actual... This is this is one of his three friends that he has. Yeah, and he actually says in this episode that Gordon's the same age his father would have been yeah. if he were still alive. Which is... I, I hadn't really thought of their relationship as a father-son thing i thought of it more as a colleague's thing yeah me too okay i'll buy that but like i mean that makes sense like a lot of the newer stuff has gordon as like a beat cop comforting like well young bruce wayne like that's in um uh batman begins and gotham right well wasn't that in i mean not exactly that but like young gordon was in year one yes he was yeah so like i assume 
uh, I mean, that's not a bad take, but this one has white hair. Mm-hmm. Like, he's obviously a he's little an old older. man. Not an old man, but definitely, like... An old I mean, ancient man. I mean... Uh, a thousand look. years old. Look, I know some people go gray early, Matt. I understand this. I mean, you're talking to one. Yes, I know. <laughs> that's why I assume you took offense to that. Uh-huh. No, but in cartoon world, Mm -hmm. when someone is drawn with gray or white hair, that usually means they're old. I mean, in the real world, of course, there's thousands of shades of subtle nuance, but Uh in cartoons, that means you're old. That means you're old or Santa Claus. Yes. Santa Claus is old. The oldest man. Yeah, I mean, probably. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't care. I hate Christmas. (laughs) But uh, I hate Santa Claus so much personally. But also... He has a daughter in college, so he can't be that old. No. So I, I would guess maybe fifty. Yeah, that makes sense. Like he and his he and his wife had a had a kid a little old, but not like you know ancient, mm-hmm. not like Larry King old. So like, yeah, I can buy that. Yeah. But um, that does mean the age difference between Barbara and Bruce might not be as pronounced as I originally thought it was. Yeah. Or when the we age find difference out later. between Bruce and Dick, the boy he yeah. adopted. Yeah, I'm still very unclear on that. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> you say the boy he adopted, like the puppy he found. <laughs> it's the boy he found. I mean, mm-hmm. where's the lie? I've seen I that episode, that's... that origin episode. He found a boy. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, your puppy was kicked around by Biff, and you adopt the puppy because you feel bad for yep. it. Yep. You know, you go uh, to the circus and come back with a boy. Yeah, that happened. Mm-hmm. Alfred's, uh, I've never seen this before. Oh, uh, You'll feed him for three weeks and then get bored. Mm-hmm. I've got a whole room full. Of, I've got a whole wing of the mansion full of boys. <laughs> They're all having boy fights. Ah, que este muchachos! Does that make Tim baby Buster? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Yo quiero leche, even though I'm so old. <laughs> Speaking of kids, uh-huh. uh, we get an appearance by, as you mentioned in your summary, Seth Green. Uh-huh. Seth, the kid from It Green. Is really? Yeah. That's that's his defining role for I you. I mean, when this when this episode came out, that would have been right around the time. Yeah, I guess even Buffy honestly, wasn't the thing like, yet. Yeah, Buffy wasn't out yet. It's from like ninety one, I want to say. Uh, might be ninety three is what my brain is telling me. Nineteen ninety, I'm seeing here. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. So yeah, no, he would have been like, that, yeah, twelve or thirteen when he recorded this. I'm pretty sure he is my exact age. So in nineteen ninety, that would have made him fourteen, and this he would have been sixteen. Okay. Seventeen, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so that that tracks. Um. But I I don't know. I like his voice. Yeah. He's got a very good sort of teeth. Like, honestly, he would have made a good Robin. Yeah, Because he's got that, he sounds like a pubescent kid. Yeah. Like, and they'll actually cast him as the uh, Flash Thompson stand-in in, in uh, Batman Beyond later, so, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the kid's name, but, you know, he wears the leather jacket. Smash he bullies Thompson. the main guy. Yeah, probably that. He plays whatever weird future sport they have on that show that's uh, clearly high lie, but with like Ambo Jitsu. And, no, it's 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 high lie. It's an actual sport that exists now that that nobody in America knows. Ah, all right. And but then they put like this weird anti gravity thing to make it seem futury. Oh, the future. Mm-hmm. I, I I love the future of that show. Mm-hmm. We will talk about that soon enough, but. Uh... Anyway, um, what's your good thing about this episode? There's a very nice shot of Batman in a big chair that's made out of cave that I really like. <laughs> made out of cave? It's just like, I mean, it's sculpted out of the cave, basically. Like, it's a big rock chair, and he's just sort of yeah, chilling in it. I think there's like a rock outcrop that is like he just carved into a chair. It looks really cool. Like, like I kind of love it. Yeah, there's Batman yeah. on his cave throne. Yeah, but then it's kind of spoiled when Alfred hands him a newspaper, and it clearly looks like he's sitting on the toilet. Yeah, he's dropping a bat shit. Uh-huh. Or guano, excuse me. Yeah, of course. Can I help I, you, sir? I just started a King of the Hill rewatch, and I got to the one where Hank is uh, constipated, so it's like, it's an entire episode of Hank Hill sitting on the toilet, so it just made me think of that. I just want to poop again. That's a very personal thing. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, Peggy! I am the knight. <laughs> oh, man, we haven't rolled out the Hank Hill impression in a while. <laughs> Hank Hill loves bad sci-fi is what I remember. Yep. 
That's what we decided. <laughs> I love Sharktopus. Sharktopus versus Giant Octorang. Mm -hmm. Starring Tiffany and Debbie Gibson. You guys seen the uh, the Sharknado quadrilogy yet? <laughs> Quadrilogy's not a word, Hank. <laughs> <sighs> ah, man, I'll um, tell you, Rob Batman's Sharknado quadrilogy. I tell you what, man. I think Robin's kind of a nothing in this episode. I agree, but I mean, that's nothing new. <laughs> yeah, that's that's been that's been status quo so far. Hey, Batman, have you considered feeling better? Robin's right, I should feel better. That's that's the best way to talk someone out of depression, is saying, cheer up. As we all know, those of us who suffer from various levels of mental illness, mm -hmm. the best way is for someone to just grab you by the shoulder, shake you, and say, be normal. Feel better, Batman! What's wrong with you? Have you tried I mean, not being sad all the time? My parents were murdered too, so what? You should get more exercise. Lose some weight. I love I love our Robin impression. It's so terrible. It's what he deserves. No, I mean, that's about what he sounds like. It's all he deserves. <laughs> um, hey, Batman! <laughs> you had some real problems with the animation in this episode. This episode looks like dog shit. I don't know that I agree with you this on that, but is, all right. Like, there are weird animation cycles. Everything's really off-model. Like, there's a lot of close-ups in this where everyone looks kind of weirdly liney. Like, it works for the jazz man, but everyone mm -hmm. else looks, like, weirdly detailed, too. Like, it's the shots I, I, with the shots with Batman in the cave freaking out. He looks way bigger than he usually does. Well, they definitely made his jaw much more square. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks like he's got, like, a giant sort of, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of a character that has just one of those ridiculous, like, like, like the tick. Dick Tracy. Yeah, Dick Tracy. But you don't usually see Dick Tracy from, like, he's usually most famous in the profile, mm -hmm. where you got that nose and sort of the square face. But, like, the, 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 the jutting out jaw, like, the tick is yeah. a good one, I think. And the thing is, they get a lot of expressions out of his the the triangle slits in the mask mm -hmm. like widening or or you know narrowing or whatever like that always reminds me of the tick too so he he just looked like the tick in this there, one I guess. there there's a shot in this episode where batman's running around on a roof and mm -hmm. first of all there's some weird shit with his cape where it's just standing up on end like mm -hmm. i feel like they were trying to show like that like there was an explosion behind him or something but it mm -hmm. just looks like his cape got hooked on a hook and it's just like three feet above his head so it's like it's like the the 40s cheesy film serial batman where they like put a fishing line exactly to, to show some like dynamic action but it just looks terrible yeah also i just a quick side note riff tracks did those shorts and they are amazing the the most uh the most amazing thing of all is one of the villains henchmen is named gabe <laughs> I, there's just a whole bunch of like Gabe the tough guy and like nothing against anyone named Gabe. It just doesn't sound like a very good commando name. My good Gabe, my good friend Gabe. Aren't get those, him, get him, Gabe. Aren't those shorts incredibly racist? Uh, no, not the ones that Rift Tracks did. There okay. may have been another. There may have been another set of them. There's, there's this was there's a bad this, one I've heard about. Oh, that, there probably was. Where I, I don't it's doubt it. it opens with like the well, the good the 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 government of America wisely decided to put all Japanese people in camps. Yeah, this was I think either pre or post war, okay. so like it didn't it didn't factor in. This was um, uh, the wizard or something like that. He controlled electronic stuff. And sure, it was boring as hell, but Rift Tracks did a good job of it. Right. Anyway, I'm I'm continue about the uh, the animation, please. Uh, there's also like there's weird shots of him like where it looks like he's superimposed over the background he's running around on. Yeah, that's apparently to do with the cells. I don't understand enough about animation, but I know it has something to do with the way they layer the the cells mm -hmm. on the on the background. Just weird. They must have done it poorly. It just looks weirdly floaty and like not like he's in the environment he's on. And finally, there's a shot of him from front from front on where he's got that Steven Universe mouth that I love so much. Oh, is that what you tweeted? I wasn't, yes. I wasn't sure about that. Yeah. And to which Devlin, in another conversation, said, this is what happens when you draw from a photograph. <laughs> Just looked very good to me. Um, I, I guess I agree with you on the actual animation, but some of the, the, the art, the mm. designs, before they start moving, I thought looked pretty cool. Okay. 
like the Jazz Man, and there were a couple other things. Jazz Man um, looks good. I will give you that. Like yeah. the design yeah. on him looks good. Put aside his dumb gimmick. Like mm-hmm. he looks like a good, solid, classic '40s style gangster ass gangster. Mm-hmm. Like a, like a, if not an Al Capone, one of his like like Frank Nitti, like the guy. Yeah, the guy in uh, the Untouchables movie. Have you seen the Untouchables? Years ago, like. Okay, because De Niro is um, is is uh, uh, Al Capone, Al Capone yeah. of course, and then Frank Nitti's like his his number two guy, and and he's just this slimy, weasley looking. Like he, he reminded me a lot of that. Like yeah. very very classic, just like ugh. like I hate him. Just look at yeah. and they did that. They did that good here. Uh, I guess we didn't really talk about who Seth Green was. Oh yeah, he's a kid called Wizard. Uh huh. Which not right. not to be confused with the wizard from the forties I was just talking. No, about. not to be confused with the electronics wizard. <laughs> no, you get to see a glimpse of Mario three. Mm-hmm. Oh, I should be so lucky. Yeah, no, he's he's just like I think they were trying to do that street kid hates Batman, uh-huh. but then Batman saves him and he turns. Around, but it doesn't really work. Yeah, it's like, well, like we he shows up at the beginning and then the episode forgets about him until the end, like. If you're trying to do that, like, give him more to do or something, you know? Like, well, he sta- he happens to be hanging out with Leslie Tompkins in this one because it's it's uh, parents' death day anniversary. Yeah, he's got an appointment in Crime Alley. Uh-huh. This time he goes in full Batman costume, so I think last time we were wondering if she knew yeah. if Bruce was Batman, and now it's obvious she does because yeah. he was there as Batman carrying the roses. And like, well, that's that's a little suspicious for anyone that might be watching you. I mean, like if you live on crime alley, you're just like, man, Batman and Bruce Wayne show up every year to drop roses here on this place where Bruce Wayne's parents died. Kind of makes sense that Bruce Wayne does it, but why would Batman do it? Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Are Bruce Wayne and Batman brothers? (laughs) Oh my God. But Leslie's there. So like when he catches this kid, he's like, uh, go off with her to her mission. Mm -hmm. And like, Amanda said he abandoned the kid to the mission or something like that. Like, no, that's not how that works. It's like when a when a you know when a bad guy gets taken away to jail, it's not like he abandoned him. He's just sent him away. This is not my problem anymore. I'm not going to adopt every boy, just like every third boy. <laughs> the boy room is already painfully packed up. Yep, there are too many boys in this room. <laughs> Um, but it was kind of a waste of his talents, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Like, because that character was nothing. It, he was not, yeah. This whole episode sort of, like, I think depends on a bunch of you sort of connecting the emotional dots and assuming a lot of things, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really put the work in. Yeah. And, it, it, and it that's part of it. It feels like they were trying to do, like, a big important, like, this is why Batman does what he does and this is why it's important. Yeah. But then they got bored. Well, it feels like a Spider-Man No More type story. Yeah. But there's no point where he actually gives up. He just thinks about giving up a bunch and there's, then there, doesn't. There's a bit where he's like, he, like he, we don't even get into it. It's just Batman hanging out in his bathrobe, like, mm-hmm. in Wayne Manor. And then Robin comes in and is all like, what if instead of not doing things, you did things? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go do something. And then I mean, ba- this... This looks so much more like clinical depression than it did, like, yeah. something specific that happened. Yeah. Which, like... Sorry, you were saying. Oh, yeah, and then, like, Robin goes down to go fight the Jazz Man, and then Batman's like, no, this is my fight. You've convinced me with your incredible speech. No, what what he con- what convinced him was the notion of Robin handling it. Mm-hmm. Oh, nope, nope, no. I gotta get my shit together if that's the other option. I'm Ugh, sorry, Robin, that. but there's no video games that you can play in this particular <laughs> crime. Also, you're not even the best at video games. I just like video games. So you're every kid now. You're the it's guy, not... but I want to be the guy too. No way, you're just a kid. <laughs> yeah, the episode was kind of a mess. Yeah, it really was. But there were some good moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, You got anything else? The The title comes from... Uh-huh. Just a speech Batman gives to 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 Dick while he's looking off the the cave, being said, "You don't understand. I am the knight. I made myself the knight." And Dick's like, "Okay, uh-huh. good talk." <laughs> Still love that voice. <laughs> um, 
No, and he reads a bunch of poetry at different points. Uh-huh. He he quotes Nietzsche. When it's the like, when you gaze into the abyss, the ge- the abyss gazes also. Yeah, but you put this abyss here, Batman. <laughs> you asked me to dig it with a shovel. <laughs> we could have found a perfectly acceptable crevasse within the cave. A mm-hmm. giant room full of crevasses naturally occurring. But no. You wanted a special cave to throw your hat into. <laughs> well, fine. Now I've got to go get that hat. <laughs> oh, poor Alfred. Mm-hmm. He's he's the most sympathetic character in this whole franchise. Oh, yeah. I, think. I always feel... I don't feel bad for just about anyone else, but I feel bad for Alfred. He didn't ask for any of this. Mm-hmm. He's just—he was just trying to earn his freedom by being a servant to these rich people, and now he's got to do this forever. Mm-hmm. You're basically my slave. <laughs> Ooh, right. delay, sir. Anything else? Uh oh, one last thing. Yes. Wizard gets roughed up by some toughs over fifty dollars. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's a relatively small amount to us in 2020. It would have been a bit of a, uh, an amount of money if you stretch and say this is the 40s, which it sometimes is. I mean, look, any amount of money is a lot of money if you don't have any money. Yeah, that's just true. But, like, but the fact that it's a very specific amount that they're asking for just makes it very funny. Just these two street toughs, one of whom has a giant eye patch. That like, doesn't shoot rays out of it, but no, we'll get to that in a minute. But just like, you're going to regret messing with us unless you got that $50 we owned, we loaned you. Mm-hmm. No, I think at one point one of them was like, uh, we're, we, we, we're going to go out on the town. Yeah, but we need some money. Oh, I know how to get it. <laughs> Let's just rough up that kid who's, who's hustling people for change. $50 is going to buy us, both of us, classy sandwiches. With enough money left over for dr- for a Coke each. If if we each get 50 bucks, maybe we could go to Ruth's Chris. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else? That's everything I got. You got a quote? Uh, I do. This is from the end of the episode. This is Jim regaining consciousness. I actually really like this bit. Barbara. Dad, you're all right. The bust went down okay? Yes. Get some rest now. Gotta keep fighting, never stop. What I try to live by. Maybe if I'd been younger, could have been like you. Always wanted to be a hero. You are a hero, Jim. Yeah, that's good. There's a bit where Barbara's, so Barbara's in the room. We didn't talk about her just because she's, it's nice to have her there. It's always nice to have the supporting cast sort of in the background, even if they don't have much to do, but she didn't have much to do. And at one point, Batman's got this pretty cool fight happening with the jazz band right outside Gordon's window. Mm-hmm. And uh, Barbara's response seeing this is to pull the like the uh, privacy curtain mm-hmm. in front of the window. Like, that's not going to stop them smashing through. That's not going to stop. Like, if Gordon was awake, it might prevent him seeing it and getting stressed out. But he's unconscious. I just, what I w- are you doing? I want to see the jazz band just like looking at it and just like, oh, I guess they're closed. <laughs> I will say that that fight sequence was actually pretty good. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, man. That has the bit where uh, Batman throws a batarang into the jazz man's gun. It fucking rules. Yep. No, that was good. And also where the jazz man, like, uh, to get up there, clearly killed the window washer to, mm-hmm. to you know, get up the building. And uh, the window washer's lying on the ground. And when Batman shows up, of course, the guy, like, regains consciousness. Uh-huh. Oh, what happened? But we know. We know. Yeah. Read between the lines. He yeah. killed him. But um, no, it got me thinking like the 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 last act of most of these episodes happen in a big set piece. Like we always get that's where we end up at the zoo or the mm-hmm. amusement park or whatever. And I thought it was cool that we were just in a hospital room in this one. Yeah, this is a much smaller, more personal sort of fight. You know, there's a lot I didn't like about this episode. But yeah, I like that sometimes we can have sort of a lower stakes. It's about one guy's life instead of like the whole city or whatever. Mm-hmm. I love uh, I love Babs uh, throwing herself across uh, Jim to protect him. Oh yeah, and just no, like, she does some heroic stuff too. Yeah, but earlier in the episode I'll... too, she's just like, "I wish there was something I could do, like maybe put mm-hmm. on a bat costume and go fight crime." And uh, Dick, who just happens to be there, is like, "That's ridiculous. You can't... Why would you do that? You can't be Batman. Batman <laughs> is Batman." <laughs> You know, it just occurred to me, maybe she put the sheet up to prevent the broken glass flying toward her father. So, okay, maybe maybe that was useful. I, I, I retract that. If there is one, so last year, back when things were normal, 
Um, I was mm-hmm. at work and I sliced the shit out of my finger uh, cleaning up. Like I dropped a, I had a like a glass lunch sort of like lunch Tupperware thing, mm-hmm. and I broke it. And it, it basically exploded. Like Ooh. so, and I was cleaning up and I slashed the absolute shit out. Like the scar just faded recently. Ow. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was bad. Um, mm-hmm. Ever since then, I have gotten so like every time I see a mirror or something break in a cartoon, I'm just like. Mm-hmm. Okay, Wince. seriously? Yeah. So uh-huh. like seeing like see watching this show with you where glass just explodes all the time and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter at all. No. It sounds cool mm-hmm. and like you know, it's an easy probably relatively easy thing to animate. Yeah. So like they just do it a lot. I I watched John Wick 3 last weekend and that includes mm-hmm. a sequence where a guy throws Keanu Reeves into eight different statues all made of glass all of which explode and he just mm. sort of stands up going well that kind of sucked whoa <laughs> huh well I will I will try to avoid uh, discussions of broken glass it's, in my, it's uh... fine it's just something I think about every time now no I get it I get it. When something weird and specific like mm-hmm. that happens to you, it kind of sticks with you. I yeah. understand. All right. Anything else about this one? Uh, that, f- finally, that's everything. Very well. Let's move on then to Off Balance. Batman's meeting an informant on top of that famous statue of theirs. You know, the one out in the harbor. It, it's made of copper, so it's long since turned sort of a pale green. It was a gift from the French, and it's of a lady wearing a crown and holding a torch. You, you know what? I'm probably explaining it all wrong, and you're probably picturing an entirely different statue. This is an entirely unique to Gotham thing. Where, oh, oh, right, I was going somewhere with this. Where Batman is meeting an informant. It seems like someone is planning to steal a potentially destructive piece of Wayne Tech tech, and naturally the best use of Batman's time, something he just beat himself up over last episode, is chasing down the people who are stealing his alter ego stuff. But it turns out the organization behind all of this, the Society of Shadows, isn't fucking around because they send in some ninjas to kill the informant and then themselves. Except standards and practices, right. Uh, everyone parachuted out, it's fine! Then Batman encounters a ridiculous Euro-trash villain with a Nazi haircut and an eye patch that shoots out an ooray that makes people dizzy. And that guy, Vertigo, I guess his name is, makes off with the tech in question. Batman pursues and meets Talia, a beautiful Baroness type who never shows both her eyes at the same time because her hair is always obscuring one of them. Hey, that's just started happening to me too, but that's because I haven't had a haircut since before quarantine started. Don't bother running a snarky who wore it better feature in your fashion mag because it's definitely me. (laughs) Talia and Batman chase Vertigo to his castle, which he naturally has, and in the process, Talia learns who Batman is under that mask. This feels like maybe it should be a bigger deal, but after the initial shock, they're just running around in video games levels together, so I guess it's fine. Then they chase Vertigo to the top of a bell tower, just like in that Alfred Hitchcock movie. You know, the trouble with Harry. (laughs) Then he plummets to his safely parachuted away. Then Talia suddenly but inevitably betrays Batman and steals the MacGuffin, escapes, and calls her father, who just happens to be the ruthless international criminal Rachel Ghoul. Then the MacGuffin explodes because Batman is no chump. This detective is indeed no chump, says Raish. We shall have to encounter him again in another episode where I, Rachel Ghoul, might appear for longer than 30 seconds. This one ruled. Yeah, it did. Not even for the amazing David Warner appearance at the very end, which I didn't think was going to happen because the episode was almost over and Mm -hmm. he wasn't there yet. For a lot of reasons. It's just that cool sort of we're going on an international adventure sort of James Bond style thing happening. This is the great shit you get when you do a Ra's al Ghul episode. Like, I love that Mm -hmm. crap with Batman. Yeah. I it's not my favorite kind of Batman episode, but it's one of those where it's a wonderful like seasoning. Like Yeah. You throw one in every 20 episodes, and I, I think it's great. I, I wouldn't want one all the time, but, like, just occasionally have Talia show up and they go on a globetrotting fucking yeah. James Bond adventure. It fucking rules. And there's, like, there was a period... I've tried to pick up Batman comics a few different times, mm-hmm. and there was one time where they loved doing this kind of story month after month. Oh, and- yeah, that was a very specific time in the 70s. Yeah, and I just happened to, digging through back-issue crates get a whole chunk of those and mm. I was like oh is this what Batman is I maybe I don't like Batman there's a I remember a very specific back when uh back when I was on like comics uh internet like back in mm-hmm. the, the aughts when that was the thing uh, where we met yeah, yes. exactly uh I remember there was a panel floating around from that era that's just Batman and martial arts expert Richard Dragon uh mm-hmm. riding on a commercial airline <laughs> airline <laughs> like 
in the back with like passengers and shit. Oh, weird. It lo- like it looks like Batman should be reading a magazine. Uh-huh. And I want to be very the- clear here, dressed as Batman. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that is weird. I was just like, so Bruce rides in planes that aren't his private. No, no, no. <laughs> ah, no, that makes <laughs> that makes more sense mm-hmm. why it's ridiculous. But I, I do like this kind of story occasionally, and this is this is one of those. Yep. And usually they'll take us to sort of more exotic locations and such. And For example, I the wasn't, castle outside of town. I wasn't sure if he went somewhere to Eastern Europe. There were also palm trees, so I wasn't real clear where this was. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, there's a bit where he's researching possible locations with bell towers that this guy could have gone to. Yeah, but all he said was... No, at one point, part of his criteria was it's got to be in town. Yeah. Because the guy, said, the guy fled west or something, and then he's like, wait, no, he fled south because I was no. dizzy. No, this actually brings me to my quote, mm. because uh, what Alfred says is, well, you were dizzy, so maybe it wasn't west, maybe it was east, you dummy. <laughs> and then Batman says this to him. Alfred, you're brilliant. Yeah, so I've heard. Which I thought was amazing. That's great. I love, I love casual, better at this than Batman is uh, Alfred. I just love he's, He's off doing something else, and by the way, sir, I've solved this crime you've been up for five nights trying Mm -hmm. to figure out. In my spare time, gosh, you're an idiot. I love his delivery of... Yeah, so good. Also, we see him buffing the giant penny, the poor bastard. Yep. By hand with a cloth. And it's enormous. The thing's like 50 feet tall. Yeah, before in in the episode it appeared in a few weeks ago, like he Batman was strapped to it, and it was it, it was maybe slightly long, like bigger than yeah, like ten feet you know. tall or something. Yeah, but this is clearly, like you say, like fifty feet tall. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. He, Alfred's got to get a very tall stepladder, and he's only up to about Lincoln's nose. It looks like he could be working on this all day and still not finish. Like this is just uh-huh. his entire day is cleaning this fucking penny. And again, with a cloth, mm-hmm. not with, a with cloth. like. Not with like a like a buffer machine like you might do the floor with or something. It's got to be so unsatisfying to be Alfred. I mean, like you work all day and then bats just shit on everything. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they're probably not going to shit on the surface of this because it's sitting upright. Like you only really got to worry about the edge of the penny. Yeah, you know? he's got to clean off the top though. Like he, Alfred's yeah. a professional. Like he's not going to leave a job unfinished. I mean, you can never see the top, but that doesn't matter to him. <laughs> but yeah, I like I. Uh, Anyway, what we were saying was uh, trying to determine where this castle was. Part yes. of his criteria was he's definitely here in town somewhere. So, yeah, that castle is somewhere. Like, maybe it's on uh, fake Dr. Moreau's island that he abandoned. That's entirely possible. This guy just took it over? But, like, it legit, it looks like like the scene in Last Crusade where uh, Indy goes to the Nazi castle. Like, yeah. it's just a giant fuck-off castle crawling with guards. No, and it's so European. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's on the side of a mountain, and the, the architecture looks, like, very old, mm-hmm. very, very Europe-y. It, it feels like we should be in Europe somewhere. Yeah, like, how did this cat look? It, look, it's Gotham City. That yeah, city is knows? ridiculous. Yeah, and I'm completely fine with that. Mm-hmm. That's the reality of, of this world, and sure. I'm fine with that. But where the fuck does he live? Uh, yeah. It's also, very funny to me. You had mentioned this character in the comics is actually a Count. Yeah, this is Count Vertigo. This is a, I believe he's a Green Arrow villain. Mm-hmm. That's what the DC Wiki said, and those guys are never wrong about yeah. anything. So. Um, and ju- I assume they took the Count off because it was silly, and you would hate for this German hypnotizing <laughs> guy in a cape to look oh, silly. Oh, no, no, no. Let's, let's break it down. Oh, he's no. Got that, he's got that Street Fighter haircut, that mm-hmm. that tall blonde thing that no one in actual life except maybe Dolph Lundgren has Yeah, he's ever got had. he's got the guile flat top. Right. Um and that he's got like the full Dracula opera cape. Oh yeah. Uh he's his actual just regular clothes under the cape is sort of like a just a bland Nazi uniform. Mm-hmm. But then he's got this eye patch and that's where the the hypnotizing ray shoots out of is the eye patch so it looks really weird like Usually when you see those, those like, uh, you know, I stole the Venture Brothers thing, the Ooray, uh-huh. but like, you know, it looks like O's. It looks like uh, ripples in a pond or yeah. something. Like, you always see them centered. You always see them at the middle of something emanating out. And the fact that it's on one of his eyes, and so it's sort of... out? But it's asymmetrical is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's like from his left eye, so it's not happening in the middle. It's happening off to the side. Makes it look real weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, no, those ripples... Don't come from there. They should come out of his, I mean, I guess his nose. Yeah. 
for it to be in the middle. That makes the most sense. Amanda and I were trying to puzzle this out. Like, where should he? And it's like, oh, of course, hands. Mm-hmm. That's where that's where your standard villain who shoots a ray who doesn't want to hold a gun, like, shoots his rays. He points his hand at you. Yeah. But it, it looked weird. His, his whole deal was ridiculous. And then... He's got this ridiculous cartoon Nazi accent, it's which is wonderful. Like, I love it. And, soon um, we will destroy you, Batman. He's played by Michael York, mm-hmm. who uh, people sort of your age and my age probably know him best as Basil Exposition from Austin Powers. Yes. <laughs> Big Austin Powers week on this show, I yeah, guess. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I mean, there were a lot of good people in those movies. Oh, yeah. But, it's a great cast. Yeah. They were funny at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just the Michael Scotts of the world ruined it. Yeah. And the Michael Myers of the world also ruined it. I mean, it. yes. Um, but uh, this guy was also the lead in uh, the uh, sci-fi classic uh, Logan's Run. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's been in a bunch of stuff that people would know other than Austin Powers is what I'm saying. It's very cool. And while we're at it, Talia, voiced by Helen Slater. Oh, who yeah. Most famously played Supergirl in the Supergirl movie, mm-hmm. but also did a bunch of other stuff, Legend of Billie Jean and a few other things. Sure. And, uh, cool hearing her and fucking david warner mm-hmm. goddamn fucking david warner and again we won't we won't spend the whole episode talking about this but as far as nerd cred goes mm-hmm. that guy's been the best bad guy in everything you can think of yep like he's been in star trek a few times and every time he fucking well he was in star trek five he did his best but sure other but than he was that, also he in nailed. uh the four lights episode which yes is a goddamn he was masterpiece the cardassian who tortured captain picard he was also chancellor gorkin in star trek six mm-hmm. so he's played two sort of like important star trek figures uh he was apparently in the movie tron which i have never seen and will never see <laughs> uh he was he played the evil one in Time Bandits, mm-hmm. which was my all-time favorite movie as a kid. Sure. Like just so, so, so many things. He was even in Twin Peaks in that weird period where David Lynch left and it was kind of terrible, but he was still great. See the serial killer? No, he was the rich guy who Josie was involved with before oh, she, God, before she right. turned into the knob of a drawer. Uh-huh. Yeah, Twin Peaks got kind of weird sometimes. What? What? But yeah, this guy, like, you know who he is. He's mm-hmm. amazing, and he's been in everything, and, and he only shows up at the very end of this episode, but it's very cool. Talia is his daughter. Yes. And we will find out later, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't his basic deal, no one is good enough to be with my daughter except this perfect specimen of humanity, Batman? Yeah. Basically. Okay. So it's a weird, creepy matchmaking thing. Yeah. I've waited okay. hundreds of years to find the perfect mate for my daughter, Batman. And mm-hmm. I find that you, you alone are the one to do it. I've and watched by a it, lot of I mean footage. Her. I've watched a lot of footage of you. Mm-hmm. I've studied you. You're a perfect physical specimen. Also, you've got a great ass. In a, a perfect specimen in every way, detective. God, mm-hmm. he's fun to do. Yes, he is. <laughs> he's just, he's just got a really good voice. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to take away from Talia, who. I like the fact that they decided, rather than making the whole episode about him and always having her be sort of like his prop, uh-huh. to primarily focus on her at least once. Yeah. That was a good choice. Because she's great. Well, it's a great sort of like, hey, this is coming. Yeah. Which I like. But also... Like Roz, it makes Roz feel like a big deal. But also, in and of itself, yeah. it makes it... Like, again, it establishes her as a character. Because yeah. otherwise, her, her entire job is to be his daughter. Exactly. And I bought... The romantic chemistry, the romantic tension between her and Batman immediately. Uh, it's so good. I never, like, I feel like the relationship between him and Catwoman, it's okay. I'm not going to say it it's It goes bad. back and forth. I've seen some good stuff, and I've seen some less good stuff with her. But it feels like what they're trying to do with that is to say, you remember that movie. Michael yeah. Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer had some chemistry already, so we're just building on that. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, they had to start it from scratch, and by the end of this episode, it's like, Jesus, they need to fuck. This, yeah. is, this is so tense. Yeah. It's and it's all very action movie cliche, but they do it in a way where it doesn't feel like that. There's like I was surprised. I was saying to Matt, I was surprised there wasn't a scene where they're comparing scars. Yeah, exactly. Because it feels like that. You know, we're both tough guys and we're falling in love thing. Mm-hmm. But it was very good. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It's the, the requisite shot of them standing back to back fighting ninjas or whatever. Very and, good. Yeah. It was all, I mean, well, this kind of ties into your good thing. Uh, fuck, man, I love the sequence where, so they're in a room full of traps, mm-hmm. which 
is... Well, Vertigo says, I've got my eyepatch Vertigo thing. Also, I have three or four other ones in this room. I've installed also, several Vertigo devices, Batman. Also, everything's rigged to explode if you step in the wrong place. Yeah. Goodbye. And also, there's trap doors and spikes. <laughs> it felt very video game to me. I didn't enjoy that just because it felt so sort of video gamey to me. But I mean, I could definitely see that speaking to me. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. But, like, I just, like, having Batman guide, guide Talia out of the room with his eyes closed, it turned out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the only way to counter the, the effects of the vertigo is to give yourself daredevil powers. Yeah. By which I mean close your eyes. <laughs> I, I couldn't see, so I closed my eyes and relied on my other senses. Like, that's 100% grade A kick-ass Batman shit right there, and I am here it, for it. It's also complete bullshit. Yeah, sure. So what? Who cares? In this world, it makes sense. I don't care, man. It fucking ruled. But they, they avoided a spike pit and a yeah. pit with sparkly lava in it. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah, it's very good. But they also did that thing when you have sort of your, your male and female action heroes like falling in love mm-hmm. where she saved him a couple of times too. Oh, yeah. Like it's a, it, the, the power balance always goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. She outsmarts him. He outsmarts her. Yep. Like it's, it's never like she's better than him the whole time or vice versa. It's whereas Catwoman had a whole episode where she was just a cat and waiting to be rescued. Yeah. Like this is Batman's first love interest where I feel like she could hold his own with she, him. She's she his is, equal. Yeah. She is absolutely a hundred percent competent as competent as he is. And that is never in question. And it yeah. is great. I don't know that there's another like love interest for him that feels like that. Like, there's other women that he's into for other reasons, sure. and they're valid reasons, and they're good reasons, but never as good as, mm-hmm. as this one. So, I like her a lot. She's a great character. Yeah, she's awesome. And they won't do it in this continuity, but, you know, in, in the comics, I know, she, they end up having a kid together. Yeah. Damien. So, mm-hmm. No, there's a, there's a Batman Beyond episode mm-hmm. where uh, Raish and Talia are still a factor. And yeah. They show um, very old Bruce going through his, like, old, like, pictures of his old girlfriends. And, you know, Catwoman's there. And a couple of other people, like, we would recognize from this show. Sure. And Talia, he kind of lingers on Talia. Uh-huh. Like, she was the one. Yep. So even in this even in this universe, she's, like, the one he'll remember well into his, you know, old age. No one tried it's... to kill me like her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Uh, what was your bad thing? Okay, so... Oh, this is a continuing saga. This is the latest part in the uh, Matt circa 1992 saga. So, I've mentioned a couple of times, this show used to give my brother nightmares. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would have been like... Back in the Clayface episode. Yeah, the Clayface episode, I think probably the Man Bad episode, the first Man Bad episode. Mm-hmm. Like, this was a lingering issue. And mm-hmm. it, like... Like my brother was like five, so like it's yeah, it's not great. My my mom was basically like, "Why is this happening constantly? What am I going to do about this?" Mm-hmm. And she sort of uh, realized that the issue was that we were watching this Batman cartoon. So mm-hmm. my brother Mark and I had this idea where we'll show her an episode and she'll see that it's not bad, and then we'll get to keep watching it. I mean, for small children, that's some pretty good logic. Like, yeah, I can see some holes in it as a grown up, but when you're when you're ten and he's five, that's pretty good. Pretty good thinking there. Yeah. So we sat down. We watched this episode in the opening in the opening minute of this show. A man is thrown off of the Statue of Liberty to his death, mm-hmm. and then two other guys kill themselves with gas so that Batman won't find out what they wanted. Uh, now, and that was the, the end of us watching Batman the Animated Series in our house for about a year. Yeah, no, I mean, your mom made the right call there. So, I, I, like, I, I feel bad for young you, but your mom didn't make the right call there. So, thanks for that, Off Balance. The thing is, we talked about this in the last, like, the previous episode, but there are some very clear things, that, like, those things absolutely happen, mm-hmm. you're not wrong. But the episode also has linger on the harbor for a couple of frames and then show the guy's head bobbing up and him to gasping for air. But we know what really happened. Yeah. Come on. See, Just like those two killed themselves, even though in the next scene, Batman says to Jim, they blanked their memories. They blanked no, out their memories. No, they didn't, Batman. They killed them. And at the end, when Vertigo plummets out of the very high bell tower, mm-hmm. 
he clearly died. But yeah. then they show him splashing in his moat and, and gasping for air. But no, he's dead. Yeah. Come on. Like. Come on. The, it's it's a thing when Amanda and I watch old movies. Mm-hmm. There's a thing called the Hayes Code. I've talked about this before. Sure. Where they, they had to be really strict about like what you could show and what you couldn't show. That's why we couldn't see Tommy guns in old movies. Mm-hmm. I talked about that. But the the best writers and directors found ways to work around that and you learn to read between the lines hitchcock was great for that you knew like these two are fucking yeah you're not allowed to show them like they're not married whatever they're in separate beds but he 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 did every trick he could to show you yeah no these, they're they're fucking they're fucking and this episode does the same thing we know mm-hmm. reading between the lines that that informant was killed. Those two henchmen killed themselves, and Vertigo died. Uh-huh. Your mom knew. Mm-hmm. You, she sure your did. mom didn't. Your mom didn't fall for those standards and practices tricks. She's like, no, those men are dead. You kids are not watching this show. Yeah, this is not a good show. No, I mean it is. It's a wonderful I, show, but uh... again, I get I get where your mom's coming from. Yeah. I really do. <laughs> your mom's always seemed like a very sensible person to me. Uh huh. And again, I feel bad for you, but she wasn't wrong, Matt. I mean, this is why a lot of these episodes I didn't see until years later or now. Like, mm-hmm. Well, also, it was, you know, the first season of this show was 52 episodes or something like that. Yeah. No, six, 65 episodes. Mm-hmm. You might not have made it home on time from school every single day. It's true. You might have missed some. That's just, like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of show. So. Um... So my bad thing. Yeah, what's your bad thing, Al? Is is real dumb. It, there's this there's this aircraft that uh, Raish's guys are all using, mm-hmm. and Talia escapes in at the end. That is clearly a biplane. Yeah, but it's got a helicopter blade stuck on the top of it. Like that's not a helicopter. That's an airplane. What are you doing? Doesn't make a lot of sense. It looks cool, and it looks like an old adventure movie thing, and I need to shut up. It's just, this is a very good episode, and I didn't have very much. I just, I, I, I picture her flying away in that thing. It's like, now I will go off and fight Snoopy. <laughs> yeah, it does look like that kind of, I mean, it's not quite that old, but I get where you're coming from there. It looks like a like an old biplane. The World but War then it's... One flying ace is the, greatest, mm. is the greatest fighter I've ever found. He will make a perfect bride for you, Talia. Uh, Father, you know I can meet my own men, right? Also, that's a beagle. <laughs> also, bride is a woman. <laughs> I'm very old. Also, I'm very open-minded. Mm-hmm. It's the early 90s, but I say marry a woman. Go for it. <laughs> All right, fine. Cool, works for me. Yeah. Is Talia very old as well? I can never remember. I think she is, but I'm not sure. Also, for you, I imagine being much more familiar with the comics, it's got to be extra confusing because the comics version doesn't necessarily line up with this one. No, she doesn't. Like, she's so what, died a bunch what of you times, know, too. Yeah, what you know might not actually be true. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and my good thing, if I hadn't made it clear, was David Warner out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. That guy's great. But, again, not to detract from Talia, who was also great, and Helen Slater doing her voice was a nice surprise. Yes. And just, I, I liked everything about this episode. Like, my good thing was kind of bull, or my bad thing was kind of bullshit because yeah, man, this episode this ruled. Is a, this is a great adventure. This is exactly the kind of thing. Like not every episode, like I said, but like yeah. this is the kind of thing I enjoy watching Batman do. The uh, score did some cool stuff, even mm-hmm. like uh, there was some weird ass pseudo. It wasn't a full on theremin, but they were clearly going for sort of a theremin effect when uh, Vertigo did his Vertigo thing. Yes, where you had sort of the. Like, Everything's warping and being weird, and yeah. Well, now you just sound like Mentok the Mind Taker. Mind Taker! <laughs> and uh, the animation for the Vertigo effect was very cool as well. Everything mm-hmm. sort of stretched out and twisted around, and it, I, I really enjoyed that. I um, I found out this episode, uh, Len Wein wrote this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, old comics guy, creator of Wolverine. Uh, mm-hmm. So I actually makes sense. It feels like like a set like the seventies globe trotting Batman. Sure, that's all I got. Oh, uh, there there is a moment where um, so the cops are helping guard this this Wayne Tech stuff uh-huh. from from the international Wayne Tech thieves, uh, and Lucius Fox is there because it's a Wayne Tech thing, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> Bullock so says weird. like like Lucius is like I hope 
I hope nobody steals our our machine because it would be very dangerous. And and Bullock says, "Relax, kid. We got this covered." Kid, kid, you look at Lucius Fox. He's at this, least in his forties. At least he's almost completely bald. Uh huh. And yes, some people go bald young, but sure. for the most part. Also, he's the head of a giant company. They don't put young people in charge of giant companies usually. <laughs> He's a he's a distinguished older gentleman. I would say fifty probably. And Bullock's like, we got this kid. What? Don't worry about it, kid. Go back to chasing your hoop with a stick. <laughs> God, you're so young compared to me. So young and full of energy. Oh, I'm so tired. Never lose that lust for life, kid. <laughs> Get out there. I'm fifty-five years old. I got grandchildren. Pick a flower. <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Climb on some monkey bars. Like, apart from Gordon, who we we just talked about this, like, I would say Lucius is the, the, the front runner for, like, Bruce's sort of surrogate father. Like, mm-hmm. a, a figure in his life who's older and he respects and trusts and all that. Like, he's not a kid. <laughs> he's such a small, young boy. <laughs> You know who's a kid? Robin! (laughs) Put me in charge of Wayne Tech, Batman! No. No. (laughs) I can run your company. What if we had more video games? Oh, man. What if you shut up? How about that? I regret taking you to Chuck E. Cheese that one time. (laughs) Got lost in the ball pit. Bikes, trains, the video games. (laughs) (sighs) All right. Anything else? Um, I think that's everything. My kids love Batman moment was, well, I feel like Matt already has this one covered. And indeed I did. Yes. I, to be clear, you kids had no problem with it. It was your mom. Mm-hmm. Thanks, mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. I still side with her. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're my friend and co-host of many years, but uh, I think she made the right call. You're such a grown-up, Al. I know I am. <laughs> That's why this works. <laughs> all right. So that is all for this time. Uh, what do we have next time? Matt? Oh, good question. Next week we have, oh, wow, uh, The Man Who Killed Batman. Uh, ah, which we have actually already covered. We did, yeah. Uh, on the Post-Atomic Horror, our Star Trek review show, near the end of our run, we ran completely out of Star Trek because we reviewed so much that we ran out. And so we started reviewing other things. And this was one of the things we reviewed. Yeah. So we will we will try sort of like uh, riff tracks after MST3K style to make different jokes, mm-hmm. but I can't promise that. Yeah. And uh, the other one is Mudslide, which is a Clayface episode. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I could I could do with some more Clayface. It's yeah. about time. It doesn't feel like they're bunching all the Clayface sons up and, you know. It's been a like, while since Clayface, honestly. Yeah. No, and he feels like a guy who should come back two or three times. Just about this many. Yeah, maybe this and once more is about right for Clayface. Yeah. We don't need we don't need like a like a Mad Hatter level of uh, of appearances <laughs> from him or a, a Scarecrow level of appearances from him. We got looking ahead. We got some good stuff coming up. Oh yeah, no, uh, like I said, we're we're heading into the second half of the series where they completely sort of figured out what was going on. Yeah, and and. Characters like Harley that they created for this show as sort of background guys, they were like, oh, wait, this can be something. Like, we're far enough into the run where they could sort of get feedback from earlier episodes and build on that. And yeah. Like, oh, Harley. Yeah, let's 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 do something with her. Montoya should be more of a thing. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, And as we do hit the halfway point, which I think is in about two or three weeks, we will be taking a break and doing a uh, We Answer Your Mail show. And, yes. And... For that to happen, Please we need mail from you guys. Send us some mail. Yes. Um, the email address is kidslovebatmanpodcast at gmail. Mm-hmm. We would love to hear from you. Um, our website, as ever, kidslovebatman.com. We are on Twitter at Algar, at Robot Matt. And that's all for this time. Yeah. See you, folks. For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com slash Algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. 
The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Copyright 2020, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.